Hey, it's another edition of the Hanger Cat Podcast, and uh, in this one, I just want to give a shout out to the fine folks of the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. That's uh, Matt Waterworth and Scott Wesby, and everybody at Full Swing Productions who put together this awesome podcast about Alberta filmmakers and they had me on to speak about my beginnings in film, where I started, uh, how I got into the film industry, and then my transition into social media and what I'm doing now and to remain creative, to continue doing things. So it was a really, really cool chat. I love talking to these guys. I, I really encourage you to have a listen and to check them out and then to go over to their podcast and follow them. They are a great source of information for not just the Alberta film industry, but uh, indie film in general. Check them out. Yeah, just gonna... we're rolling here. Look at all your devices. I know. I'm just. You've got, You've got like th- three, three different devices. Yeah. Oh, four, four and, and... Oh, always, always. I'm surrounded. <laughs> What's Pokemon. the Pokemon watch? It's it's to track the Pokemon that I walk. I'm walking. Walking Pokemon, Pokemon right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna get into that, but but <laughs> I just wanted just for the audience to paint a word picture the number of devices we have here. Of course, we've got in case in case they're only listening and not watching mm-hmm. on the GoPro over here, and then you've got a smartwatch of some sort. Smartwatch. And Keep you, an eye on my notifications. What is that? What is that watch? A Pebble. It's, it's the Pebble. Oh, nice. oh it's the yeah. one that's now dead. But it was the, the big was like the Kickstarter wa- smartwatch. It was the alternate to the Apple Watch when you right. couldn't afford it. Right. Right. But it was even first, wasn't it? Pebble was. I, I believe so. Okay. Cool. Yeah. And then and then you've got uh, your Samsung tablet here. Yeah. The iPhone or the Samsung phone, Android, something, no, something? I have, I have an iPhone. So what I is have an like Android and iPhone just oh, in case okay. because okay. there's some apps that only work on iPhone. Oh, some smart. only work on interesting, Android. Interesting. So you just got, you got to keep fluid. Right. True enough. And yeah. then the Poco Watch. And, and that, that's just for me. <laughs> is that for Pokemon Go? It is. Oh, it really is? Oh, no, it is. No, it's not. Yeah. You haven't seen this? No, no, yeah, I don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know about Pokemon Go. Yeah. I played it for two days, but then that was it. I am, I am still a current community member. And what is the watch about? So. You basically you put in a, a Pokemon into your walking buddy, okay, and then it measures your steps. Oh, so you're you exercising walk, your Pokemon. Yeah, does well, it? And they level up because of the. Yeah, exactly. You oh, get more oh, candy, cool. which then you can use to level up. Huh? Oh, you yeah. get more candy. Yes. It, yeah, that's how it works. I love I love a good like competitive incentive to be physically active. I think that's. Oh, it is like the greatest thing about Pokemon Go is that the the, the benefits that people didn't re- well like dogs benefited from this. Right. More than anything. We're going for another walk. Let's do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a Charizard two blocks away. And not yeah. to mention that people genuinely met each other. I mean, the, the naysayers were like, oh, they're, they're, they're going to get killed going into... Crossing strange- the street. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 But, um, I mean, there's some interesting stories. Like, I know somebody found a dead body trying to jump yes. a fence and... Um, but, trespassing, yeah, for sure. But but also, yeah. yeah, and they're in the, in yeah. there's like uh, there's a, a church that kept getting visited because because of it was a certain location and yeah. But um, there's a mall that like created a that had like a pokeball in the floor right because their <laughs> I didn't the center that. of the mall was like a poke stop and so they like right. embraced it and just leaned that's, into it. And, that, that's so yeah. smart, yeah. Um, so welcome to the Pokemon podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so who are you? Tell us. Let's, you're right. Let's let's start from from the top. Well, my name is Sebastian Salazar, and I'm a local filmmaker slash social media content producer here in Calgary. Cool. Has that been your name your whole life? Sebastian A. Salazar? Yes. Yeah. That's a fucking awesome It's name. a cool name. Oh, There's no doubt about that. It's a name you don't forget. <laughs> it, it's a name about this long. I've had to grow into it. Right. I've embraced it. It is mine. It's amazing. Do you have a, like a like a short like sea bass or like do you it's a, definitely sea bass. Do you get called sea bass? I've never had a nickname until I started going to karaoke, and it's like that's too long, and I can't spell it. What's your name? Sea bass. Okay, that works. Cool. <laughs> and coincidentally, it works really well on the radio. 
Ah, if you're on set and you're like Sebastian, will come, you know, go yeah. to two. Right. Like, no, no, but if you go see yeah. this, it's, it's very a sharper. Quick. Yeah, it gets right in there. And so it happened to me working in the airline industry. Oh, also radios, walkies, yeah. the whole yeah, right. language that we had to use on set. Right, it transferred right over. So people are like, "Well, what's your nickname? That name's too long." Seabass. Right. Hmm. And cool. t- what about the airline industry? What's that all about? Uh, I grew up in the airline industry. My my dad has always worked at the airport. He was oh, a mechanic. Okay, cool. So wow. coincidentally, once I needed to get off the couch and find the job, my dad's like, go work at WestJet. Right. So he literally like, go, he pushed me off the yeah, couch. Go work at WestJet. And I got a job at WestJet and so I was he, there for years. Wow. What were you doing with him? I, um, I was doing like warehousing work for the longest time. Okay. And then I was working on the ramp, uh, restocking air, uh, like pop and chips and whatnot. Oh yeah, gotcha. Which is why my, 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 all my branding is Hangar Cat. Oh, cause you worked at Hangar. Because the hanger cat, first of all, I like cats. That's no surprise to anybody who's following me on any social media stuff. Sure. But the hanger cat is particularly uh, assigned to get rid of the mice problem. In oh, the hanger. an actual hanger oh, cat. An actual hanger cat. Does exist. Before, oh. If you were to Google hanger cat before I came out, yeah. it was nothing but pictures of cats on top of airplanes. Hmm. But when I was working in Hamilton for WestJet, I was in charge of building maintenance, which was getting rid of the mice. Okay. So cool. on weekends. Yeah, so on the weekends when everybody else was gone and there's a mouse running through the warehouse, I have to go and chase after it. <laughs> so, hanger cat. I always assumed it was something to do with that hang in there motivational poster with the cat that was hanging on. And I was like, oh, it's a play on that. But I had no idea. That's I, I never really thought about it. It's just kind <laughs> yeah. of an alias. It, it is. Yeah. And it's That's become cool. very much my, my identity online mm-hmm. yeah. for everything, including Pokemon Go, actually. Cool. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Uh, as long as we're still on the subject of your name, there's mm-hmm. a, there's a place in LA called Salazar. Yes. Uh, yeah. That, what is it? It's a taco, it's a taco place. place. Nice. And it's a really nice, like, it, it's like a high, higher end, but like they give you like camping plates and cups and stuff. Yeah. They like converted um, an old gas station. Into yeah. This. That's right. Yeah yeah. 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 It's, it was amazing. You can actually find my Google review on it. Just, just glowing review. It's amazing. So like the meat LA... tacos, I think were probably better. Like I liked it. I <laughs> yeah, liked yeah. it, but Matt was like. I it changed got my more. Mind. He yeah. ordered seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never do that. So L.A. proper, like inside. Uh, LA yeah, itself, I guess it was. Ju- well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. L.A. is a, an amalgamation. Was actually, wasn't it actually in Burbank. I or? feel like it was just in Burbank. Yeah, yeah. just at the south end. Because we, yeah. we went through the hills to get there. Yeah, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went through your neighborhood. Yeah. I'm yeah, gonna have to fun. find it. I, I I love finding stuff that's related to me or it has my, my yeah, name. Yeah. yeah. In do, you, and you, in do you like tacos? I love tacos. You I'm like Hispanic, tacos? dude. I mean, we all. I love any kind of meat inside some sort of a flat. Uh, dough-like structure for sure. Yeah. Then this is perfect for you. I got. I've, I got. Yeah. I'm Hot there. dogs. <laughs> it's in my Twitter bio. Oh, Hot is it? dogs pizza. Yes. Nice. I was nice. going to suggest pizza. <laughs> oh yeah. No name it. And I think that every culture has some sort of a flatbread, like where I, I'm from, Chile originally. Right. 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 And we have a flat, you know, a native style bread. Mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And I've seen people from China that have the same something similar. We right. Bannock bread here. Yeah. It's like, it's uh, it, it's. Every culture has something like that. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I was like, let's let's dive into that, but let's not. <laughs> let's talk about film. So so when did you go from WestJet to jumping into the film world? What's the, what's that journey? So um, I, I studied film in Toronto back in 2001, 2002. Okay. I went to the Toronto Film School. I actually I actually applied at SATE okay. right after high school. Like oh. after a couple of years off, it was supposed to be one year. It turned to about five. Right. Uh, and again, get off the couch, go yeah. go to go, you know find find work. Hey, sure. you're gonna go to school. So I, I applied at film at the, the SATE program. Yeah. I applied once. Yeah. I did not get in. Okay. Um, and I got angry and I left town. Oh, okay. Because I'm 
stubborn that way. Right, fair enough. Like, oh, you don't want me? I don't want you then. I'll just go to Toronto where there's more opportunities. Fair enough. Fair and, yeah, I don't think that's an uncommon reaction no, no, at all. No, and, and of course, uh, having worked in the Calgary film industry with people who have gone to SAIT, you have to apply more than once. Yes. You have absolutely. to know the right things to I was going to say, pretty pretty common experience to, to not get in the first time or the second time exactly. sometimes too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I was like, no, not good enough. I'm out of here. Right. Screw you guys. So I left. <laughs> You know, and, and I, I found the Toronto Film School, which at that point was a technical college. Okay. It was a, it was like a, a film program they've added to the to the art and design oh, institute okay. Interesting. there. Which is the same with SAIT. It's also a technical college, but yeah. yeah. So was but, it a yeah, pretty hands-on it? program? Yeah. I mean, like we had one semester of theory, mm-hmm. and then second semester, camera in my hands for the first time. Cool. You know, cool. the entire time. Let's, we had a small class. It was night school. Half the kids were asleep. So anybody who was like into it. Yeah, got to work. Oh, right. was like, ooh, you're awake. You want to do stuff? Let's do a double exposure on real film. Totally, you know? totally. Let's edit. So, um, I had a chance to do a lot of my own projects, and to do to experiment with a lot of different technologies, and and just it was, it was really really hands on, and I really benefited from that. Cool. Was that a two year program? It was a it was a three year program compressed into a year and a half. You said it was Toronto Film School. It's called the Toronto Film School. And, but it was it was like an it, it was, evening. Yeah, it thing. was part of the International Academy of Design and Technology. Okay, it used to be like mostly fashion design. Oh, okay, which was really cool because when you'd be working all night and you'd be editing and you get all dirty and smelly and you're like sleeping next to the computer. Yeah, yeah. you'd get, wake up at seven in the morning and all the all the pretty good looking fashion design students would come over and they'd look at you through the window like an animal. <laughs> there they are, the film students. <laughs> I feel like that's every film student's journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like certainly cage, the editors. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stuck in a room, smelling it up. Yeah, <laughs> spending the night in the edit suite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so how did I don't want to jump the gun, but how did you come back to Calgary, or did you spend some time in Toronto after school? I, I bounced around a lot. Actually, I came back to Calgary because I was I got I got ill. I okay. did, I, I, I wanted to be closer to home. Right. My sure. parents were like you should come home. Okay, so I came home, and I started. You said uh, you got ill. Yeah. You mean homesick? Homesick and like physically and like, and like health oh, problems. Okay. Yeah. My my diet wasn't good there. Oh, I was okay, living okay. on my own for the first time. Right, right. I ate a lot of mac and cheese. I gained a lot of weight. Yeah, yeah. My eating habits were not healthy. Sure. Pizza, hot dogs. Pizza, hot dogs. Yes, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. <laughs> and it's and it's even better in Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, Did Chipotle? Oh, no, Chipotle. No, there was no yeah, Chipotle. Yeah. No, and takeout food wasn't something that I could really afford. Mm. Right. If so, Chipotle was here, I'd eat that always. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard good and bad things. Well, like I mean, this. food poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get food poisoning. When it's done well, when it's not in like a scary part of town, it's delicious. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it'll ever come here because Mucho Burrito has kind of it's cornered that market. Mucho. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, <laughs> so this is a food related podcast. It, it yeah. has. Yeah, no. We went from Pokemon to food. So, but so let's. I'll I'll tell you how how the the film thing happened. So I graduated from school and I wanted to come back here to Calgary, but I at the time I didn't find I didn't know where the opportunities were. Right. There wasn't a place that I could go to find those opportunities. Right. So um, I went back to the, to the airport because the airport was always a you gotta work. Place for yeah, me you to gotta work. You gotta pay it's the like, bills. Yeah. I can stay up all night and I can sit on my butt and drink coffee and wait for airplanes to show up. Sure. Um, I feel like this is a, this is a, yeah you're telling like the common film so, yeah. journey in Calgary because it's yeah, yeah. It's, this these themes are coming up all the and, time yeah and I really I wanna I wanna speak to the to, to the to kids who are coming up and they think that there is nothing out there like there it gets a lot better guys like I have a 
I know where to go now. I yeah. know where to send people now. Yeah. So when I talk to kids like in schools and whatnot, I know where to send them now. Right. But when I was around, when I started, it was hard for me to find that community. It's a good point. It's not. It's not that long ago that we that we weren't that cohesive, uh, an or, like a, a community in Calgary and in, in Alberta. And I think we've still got a long way to go. But but yeah, I think you're right. It's a different story. I think, yeah, not that long ago, it was like, what the hell do I do? Like, how do I even start? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, you and, and Scott and myself, have we're, we're, we're about kind of giving an opportunity or giving, like trying to give some uh, understanding of what the community and the industry is to people who are, who are new or who are trying to break in. Because, yeah, I, I agree. Like, like, even for me, it was, it was, it was pretty, like, how, where the hell do you start? I mean, that's why SAIT was good. Uh, because it, it certainly, you know, got us connected to some people who were in the industry, like speakers came in and, um, you know, we, we did field trips to, uh, to Edmonton, to Studio Post and we went to White's and started to get an idea of what, okay, so this is what the industry is, um, almost geographically in, yeah. in many ways. Right. So, um, yeah, it, without that, it, it, yeah, it, I would be, it would be a pretty lost feeling to try to navigate it all. I, I think you'd still feel it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, that's something that happened to me because I made all my contacts at the Toronto Film School. Yeah, you right? started all with the late, yeah. Toronto yeah. filmmakers and to people right. who started getting right into the industry because it's all over there. Or at least yeah, there's so much work the time. there. Yeah. Right, that it's a lot, probably a lot easier to jump into it. So instead I said, no, no, I'm just going to leave again. Perfect. Great, you know, smart choice. So I get over here, all my contacts are gone. You guys right. had the, the, the benefit to, to have a, a group of people that came up at the same time and right. they just spread out. So right. your yeah. LinkedIn became like a great way to sure. network with sure. people. Mine, mine did not. Right, right. So bounced around a bit more, continued working at the airport. And then my friends in Toronto uh, got, um, got a green light to do a zombie film, mm. an indie zombie film. What was it called? It was called Queen of the Zombie Punks. Okay. And you'll never see it. Right. Well, that's... <laughs> because that's it fun. never got finished. Okay. Well, <laughs> a feature? feature film? It was a feature, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. And it never got, and it never got finished, and it hmm. got tied up in some legal stuff, so okay. uh, you'll never see it. Hmm. Tom, I'm credited on it, um, but that's about it. So what did you... So you flew back to Toronto? Yeah. And I, I slept on my buddy's couch, and I, we worked on this awesome zombie movie for like, what, two, three weeks? And it was it was a lot of fun. The funny thing about about zombie movies is now now I've worked on like three or four of them, and I right. hate them. Right. <laughs> I love working on them, but I hate them. Right. You hate watching them. I hate watching them. Yeah. yeah just, I'm just like, uh, but they're so much fun to make because there's blood. They are fun to make. Yeah. Lots know, of cool makeup, violence, and, yeah. and stunts, and as long as you know everybody is working safe, they're a lot of fun to do. Right. Right. Cool. So yeah, zombie movie. And that's how I got my start in the film industry. Okay, okay. And then with that credit under my as a as an assistant director. Oh, cool. Yeah. First AD. Yeah. No, no, no. I think it was second, second AD, third at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It was very loose. It's like there's one guy who was in charge right. of running yeah, yeah, the yeah. set, and I was kind of like his peripheral. The other one, yeah, yeah. Go doing find the rest, my doing the actual work. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, let's let's get the paperwork ready. Let's uh, yeah. let's harangue all the extras. That was that was kind of like where where I started and a place I've always felt comfortable in. Right. I like AD work. I, I didn't know that. Stuff. I didn't know that you did AD work. Yeah, all my all my credits yeah. uh, that once I started doing more more like bigger shows, I started like I want AD. I want oh, I okay. want to run sets. That's right. I'm it's a fun role. Yeah, it is. So with that, I tried to stay in Toronto, still on my buddy's couch. Right. Didn't want to. I was like, this is getting. I feel bad for him. 
Right. Been sleeping on this couch for a couple a, of weeks yeah. already. Right, 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 and yeah. I don't want to stick around. Or I got what about your WestJet job? Did you did you say? Well, I actually had quit WestJet twice, man. Okay, okay. So you quit again? Yeah. Okay. So there's no way they're gonna take me back. Right. 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 Every time one of these like cool social media video jobs, hey, go travel to Mexico and Cuba and do videos. Yeah. I always send my resume. They never call me. <laughs> there's a file probably at WestJet says, "Do not hire this man." <laughs> right. He's 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 us twice. Right. Right. So um, so no, I quit WestJet and I found work in downtown Toronto at another airline. Oh, okay. I was there for a couple of weeks, and then I was like, "No, I'm going to stay here." And I flew home to get my stuff. Okay. Um, and when I was at home, I started googling Calgary film. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, "Okay, how am I going to do this in Toronto? Like, where are my contacts? Where am I going to get started? Can I do this like from someone's couch?" Right. And when I came back to Calgary, I googled, "Well, could I do this from Calgary?" So I started googling Calgary film, and mm. I found the DGC, the Directors Guild of Canada. There I you found go. IATSE. Right. I found ACTRA. I found the organizations, uh, and of course the CSIF as well. CSIF, I was going to say, yeah. CSIF was was, was just a great uh, uh, starting point. Right. Where if you're indie and they're low budget and you're grilling it, like that's where you start. That's totally. where your network of people are. Mm-hmm. And then the bigger organizations for the bigger shows, the guilds, the unions. And I'm like, well, I'm an AD. Which way do I go? And I went DGC. Okay. And um, I started, what do you mean you went DGC? Take us through that. I um, I signed up, became a permittee, and I started doing locations work. Okay. So locations PA. So you just went to the office. I went to the office. I what courses do I need to take? Put me on the list, and I finally got a call. I started my one of my first gigs was picking up garbage on the set of Passchendaele. Passchendaele, nice. Yeah, right. cool. I mean, after everybody was gone, after all the lights and all the actors are gone, <laughs> and there's, you know, fluff left over from all the explosions, I was in charge of picking all that Oof. up. <laughs> all right. I'm like, this is called paying your dues. Yeah. No doubt. And I was happy to do it. Absolutely. I took, like, it was my first job. I'm picking up trash. I'm taking pictures of everything because nobody's there. They left, like, they dropped me off in a truck and they went away. <laughs> we'll come back in a couple hours see if the coyotes haven't eaten you. Right. So I'm taking pictures on the old churches with all the yeah. bullet holes in them. It yeah, was yeah, really yeah. cool. Sweet. I was like, okay, no, this is that good. A, that was a big production in Alberta, one of the biggest at the time. Yeah, yeah it was. It, 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 it's still one of the biggest ones, you know, yeah. and, and it, it showcased so much of our of uh, of our talent and our, our crews and cinematography. Like, it was really good. Like, mm-hmm. we, we need more of that. Totally, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, my, that was my first one. And then I, the location stuff kind of kept coming. And also every single movie of the week that came through town, you know, with, uh, with like, people from, like, 90210 or Heather Locklear. And all those people came through town to make movies of the week. And I wound up doing locations. Right. Hiding behind the door, giving cues. Right. You know, setting up the lunchroom. You know, blocking off sidewalks from, yeah. them, from, uh, from passerbys. Right, you know? right. Hey, Sebastian. Hey, Seabass, bogey. All right, I got him. You know, sir, we're making a movie. Right, oh, right. what kind of movie are you making? Can I be in it? I'm sure it's the same, yeah, every time. So then I go. I was like, hey, what are you guys making? A diaper commercial. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to be in those. Right, right, right. That's funny. That's a perfect and answer. I believe that released in some of, some of the Americans who say mayonnaise commercial. Oh. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Hmm. People don't like mayonnaise that much. <laughs> right. They like mayonnaise in Canada, though. They do, so that's why I go with adult diaper, diaper, adult diaper commercial, adult Adult diaper. diaper. Yeah, nobody, Uh, nobody wants to be an extra for that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's smart. Yeah, (laughs) that's really smart. So location, location, locations work. Locations, PA, and then I got a chance to do office coordinator on a on a on a feature, another movie of the week. Um, It was temporary. It was until somebody else came back. Right. And then I moved on to set as an assist, as a trainee assistant director. Now we're talking. Right. You're in. I made it. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved it. Like, I got a, I got a chance to work with, with a guy who was known as a hard ass. 
Like, it just made people cry. <laughs> what I don't was the wanna, production? I don't want to say names. What was the production? Oh, you're not, well, yeah. Is that why? Uh, okay. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. but the thing is, like, I've always had a chance to work with people who were tough. Mm-hmm. And you either, and they can see through your BS. Mm-hmm. So if, if if you're not there to step it up, they will chew you, right, and spit you out. So I, um, he would razz me on the radio all the time. <laughs> Sebastian, where are you? I'm busy. I was in the bathroom. Ten one hundred. Sometimes ten two hundred. Sometimes a ten two hundred. And yeah. do you really want to get into details? I was like. Yeah. I'm five minutes away. He knew where it was. He'd probably hear the echo inside the, the, yeah, the yeah, porta potty. Yeah, He's yeah. like, Sebastian, where are you? Oh, no. I need you here right now. It's like, uh, I'm two minutes away. Turn off radio. Put yeah. stuff back on. And of course, working you know, outside in yep. Canada in the winter, you're wearing all sorts of gear. I was wearing my. 30 seconds just to. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, put pants back on yeah. and my big, heavy WestJet jacket. A lot mm. of the stuff I worked at WestJet just transferred right over. Right, my earplugs, my heavy jacket. Mm. I was ready to work in minus 40. And I right. did a couple of times. Right. So, yeah, no, he razzed me a lot, and he, he pushed me. But every now and then, he'd give me a little couple things. All right, you take those two extras, you direct them, you set them, and, cool. and whatnot. Yeah. And then I'd stand next to him, next to the monitor, and it's like, okay, cue your extras. Get your hand up, cue them. They start walking. It's like, Sebastian, you're killing me. These guys, they're, 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 just, they're dead. They're not doing anything on screen. <laughs> Look at this oh. big, giant spot. You know, there's this big, giant gap behind my actors. Oh, you're <laughs> killing my scene. Cut, reset. All right, guys, let's, uh, let's try something different. <laughs> you know, so uh, I had a, a wonderful experience. I know there's he he he's made some people cry in the industry. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, they're they're around and 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 yeah. You you have to uh, yeah you have to have a strategy to manage it. Otherwise, it'll it'll get to you. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. so then that experience, um, I was able to take that ex- experience into the indie world mm-hmm. where the money was less, but mm-hmm. there was an opportunity for bigger uh, for a bigger uh, charge. So instead of being, one. instead of being the the, the the training AD, I was a second or a first. Oh AD, yeah, yeah, right. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen what a good first AD is like. Right. Let's apply it in the indie film right. element, and that's where I learned. And that's where I kind of, I've seen what they do. I did all their paperwork. I did all their commands. I knew how to manage a set. Let's put it to to to, to practice. Right. So I started working a lot of indies. And I like the pace of the indies. Couple of days work. I started doing some more commercial stuff, and then um. Right around like, and I had a, I got a good bunch of credits, you know, and I wanted, I wanted to go to the, stay in the DGC, uh, because ultimately, you know, I wanted to be a DGC director. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that in, in my background has always been, you know, from the Kevin Smith, Robert Rodriguez school where like, call yourself a filmmaker already. Mm-hmm. What's stopping you? Mm-hmm. So I'm a director. Right. I just wanted to have DGC next to my name. Sure. Um, but, um, I didn't see a clear path in which, like, if you go straight up DGC, uh, you wind up being like a production, like a producer, like a production coordinator, mm-hmm. a production mm-hmm. manager, a PM. Yeah. Yep. You know, or even an accountant. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, where's, all, yeah. like, where do you make, there's no jump. It's like, okay, so yeah. I started with some experience doing AD work, yeah. and then I'm going to disappear and make my own film. Yeah. And then I'm going to come back like 10 years later with all my credits as a director, and I'll be a DGC director. Right. For me personally, I didn't see where that path led to me the, being yeah, a director. Working. I don't know that there is one. Maybe someone would disagree, but I, I don't think there is a path to becoming a director in the DGC alone. Mm-hmm. You have to get your own project off the ground somehow, some some way outside of that. And so that sometimes that means becoming a producer. This is this is our whole philosophy mm-hmm. that we figured out a long time ago. That you know nobody's going to do it for you. You're not, and, and I don't know of a path other than 
I mean, Dean Bennett is an, is perhaps one example, mm-hmm. but he was a DOP first, mm-hmm. so not even yeah. not even necessarily through that De- separate department, separate separate guild, union, yeah, separate union, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it's totally true. And like that that path isn't laid out for you. And if somebody out there has figured out that path through DGC, please let me know because I want to tell all the kids do this, do this, do this, and you'll become a director. Sure, but not in Alberta either, right? No, right. Like, no. there may be those paths in Vancouver and Toronto, and Montreal, but but not not really here. Yeah. And even even in Canada, even when I was back in film school, the first thing that they told me was, you're not going to become just a director. In Canada, you have to be a producer, you have to be a writer, you have to be a self-promoter, right. everything, right? I, I, would, I would point to Ken Filowich as, a, as another anomaly example who, who was editing Heartland right, yeah. for nine years or something and then, and then was given an opportunity to direct. So that's yeah. a DGC sort of like path-ish, but... Yeah, that's but, true. You know, yeah. That's a long time of, of doing something completely different before taking that seat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it's something that you could replicate either. Not really, yeah. But, well, I mean, yeah, like I said, I think the path is there. But I, I always think, you know, I worked on Heartland for five years or so. And not not many people advanced in any way. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Well, why? Because how could you? Yeah. Like someone else yeah. is directing. That's, you it's know, the same people together. back the same year. Yeah, and, and not just directing, but I mean, like, um, there's one example of uh, Neshe who became an assistant editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the, I think she was a training production. Uh, She's in the office coordinator, yeah, in the office. Yeah. And then somebody left. Somebody left the province. Like they went to a different. <laughs> and that was the only reason that that job opened up. And she, of course, knew Ken. And uh, and so, it, who you know, of course. But uh, it's not. Re- yeah, there's just there's so little production happening here. There's not really. A, a ladder to climb, unfortunately, unless you're doing no it for turnover, 20 years. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no turnover. We don't have enough productions yeah. and we don't have that essential, we don't have a very robust middle indie that right. places mm-hmm. like Toronto, Vancouver or any other place that, that has a, 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 a robust you know, film production. Right, a place where you can get where you can get a credit as yeah. whatever that next level up is. Where you can get out and do stuff. And, right. and I mean, like the, the one thing I, I really loved about DGC was the, the, that they were able to to put me in a situation. So if you're observant and you're you know you're, you you can do the job you're 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 assigned to do, you know, without thinking, you can be thinking about other things. You know, so if you can lay out all the garbage cans and make sure nobody everybody's putting the recycling in the right place, then you can stand by the camera. Right. Mm-hmm. And instead of being you know taking lockup you know, four blocks away out in the middle of a desolated highway where nobody's going to go by, but just in case the car's in the shot, mm-hmm. if you get the chance to be in front of, beside the camera and lock up behind that door and watch the movement and watch all that, it's like you're, you're, you're it's, it's film school happening in front of you. And you're getting paid to do it. Totally, yeah. totally. Yeah. You know? Every time I had a chance to, 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 to seal off a door, it's like maybe I want to be inside. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm small. I can just kind of tuck in behind one of the lights and, yeah. and not make any eye contact with the, with, with the, with the actors. Yeah. And I can see the motions happening. I yeah. can hear the language. You get, you totally, immerse yourself totally, in it. Totally, yeah. And I, I was just teaching this blocking workshop at the CSIF, and, and, uh, and it kind of dawned on me that there, that there isn't anywhere except for getting on set mm-hmm. and now the Ron Howard Masterclass on masterclass.com mm-hmm. that you can watch a director work. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can see it behind the scenes, you know, five minutes with interviews mixed in, and they're not really talking about blocking. They're not really talking about the language. They're talking about the film, and it's ultimately a promotional tool. Um, this episode, like, I, I dug into your Ron yeah. Howard class, and I and I and I looked at, and you can His watch Ron episode, Howard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's it's there's incredible. like forty minutes of it, wow. and it's just him working with actors and moving Just, cameras around yeah blocking out a scene yeah. and, and talking so, about performance and staging cameras and yeah it's mm-hmm. so it's great that that exists and i'm glad it does but but other than that there's nowhere else to go other there, than being on set and watching a director work yeah well um actually i, I have to bring up upstart 
Mm-hmm. It's a great example. Yes, totally. It was um, again. If you're a baseball player, you can go to the batting cages and practice on your swing. Yep. Yeah. If you're a if you're a director, where do you go practice your blocking? And aside yeah. from your stuffed animals at home, totally. Or your you know your your Lego. Totally. Lego. So, Legos but if you want good. like human actors that you have to like deal with well, personalities I, yeah. and stuff, yeah. And there's so much there that that a Lego person is not going to do. Like the Lego person doesn't have instincts, right? And a yeah. Lego person doesn't. Is not a real person. Yeah, like, can, can you, like how can I continue to? Can you do, could you do it differently next time? Right. Can you do it well, faster, yeah. smarter, louder? Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. So with a human and actors being, are props mm-hmm. either. Exactly. Right. So with a human being, you get to like you get to kind of play off of them. And I was I've always been the kind that likes to collaborate. Right. You know, let's you get the actor who'll say, well, you know, why don't we try it like this? I'm, okay, well that makes sense. Let's try it. Let's try it your way. Let's try it my way. Let's right. see what comes out of it. Right. Sometimes I'm fully aware that. They may have a better idea, and it might come off better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I'll take credit for it. Sure, right. <laughs> that was wonderful. Yes, no, that's yeah. that was that was me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We did great. It's, um, it's true. So Upstart was great for that because it put me with a room of other directors, mm-hmm. where we got to watch how they did things in different ways. Work, yeah. Good and bad experience. Not a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with actors. Right. Actors that I've never perhaps interacted with with a director thinking film. Theater people, maybe that came out of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, not people who who just wanted to practice that stuff. Right. So for me, upstart was very beneficial. Yeah, that's your that. great point. Yeah. And, and, and other than that, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If, and you're right. Like, and and the, the the really great thing about that is you get to practice in a safe space uh, regularly, mm-hmm. right? There's if you make a mistake, it's no big deal. And you get um, to watch three other. Directors. And you get to watch other directors. Yeah. 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 Do but something. it's not a real set either, right? Like, you don't have the lights to deal with. You don't have the boom operator trying to figure out, okay, if you're blocking like that, how am I going to get in there? Right. But um, blocking's blocking, though, right? If, for like, sure. Practice that blocking. Practice, like, you know, and, and I mean, when I, when I was watching the scenes, I was like, where would I put down? The, and we had the camera, right? So mm-hmm. stand beside the camera, right. you yep. know? Yeah, we're working with natural lights. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, this was this was about the uh, less technical right? and more about the, the, the craft of working with actors. And like you say, the language. Yeah, the, the, just the ability to learn how to communicate what's in your head, but also yeah, just the, some of that some of that uh, jargon um, that you mm-hmm. need to know. Yeah. And and it's the kind of stuff that if you're working with experienced people, once they start hearing that language, it will snap to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if you work with an experienced crew, the second you say, okay, you know, we're uh, we're going again, you know, that means reset, reset everything back to one, right? Back to ones. Everybody goes on their first marks. Hey, yeah. what's the first mark? Oh, this is it. You know, if you are well versed in that language, people who have that experience. Will, will will like instinctively snap back into yeah. in, into into those roles. Yeah, yeah. So it's important to know that language because, especially totally. in a command situation like an AD, like a director, right. you need to have that. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, what what was the next step? You you you'd been on some big sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you went into the indie world. You're ading. I I know we we're gonna get into the social media stuff. When did mm-hmm. when did that happen? When when did that crossroads occur? So. Um, Actually, I, I got out of the film industry because I had a, had a kid. Ah, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to be there for my boy. Of course. Uh, so I got out of the long schedules. Gotcha. Right. The big film shoots, the right. DGC stuff, which mm-hmm. was... 14-hour um, days. 14-hour days and like 20, 30, you know, uh, day shoots. Right, right. I wasn't seeing my family enough. Right. And I wanted to be there more for my family. Of course. So I started doing more of the indie stuff because of the smaller schedules, because mm-hmm. of the of the different hours, because they weren't as long. It's like, yeah, I can disappear for like four days, sure, you know, and be gone for like twenty hours, and then, but after that, I'm done. 
Right. And after a day of you know sitting in a bath with Epsom salts, my body heals, and right. I can you know I can I can be a human being again right. and right. reconnect with my friends. So I did commercial work as well because commercials, same thing. The pay is a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. The rates were higher. Sure. Um, a lot of the same skills transferred right over for locations for you know PA. And again, sometimes you're a PA, sometimes you're like, you're directing extras. Right. Because commercials are a lot more fluid that way. Right, of course. Um, but ultimately, I wanted to stick with smaller stuff. And indie fell into that as well. Um, and then my own things, you know, I, oh, got yes, a, yeah. I got a camera and I started, you know, putting myself out there as a person who can do corporate video, who can do like indie, like I did a couple of music videos, you know, very, very small stuff, like very little budget. Right. They basically just paid for my time to show up at the camera and to edit. Right. Whatever lights we had, it was very, very small. And I've been able to do that for a while now. And um, and I, I still get to be creative. I still get to do what I love to do. And even if you're doing corporate mm-hmm. and you're it's a talking head, yep. You can only listen to a talking cat for so long. So you have to tell them, well, you know, maybe you want to do something a little more interesting. So right. let's do some B-roll. And then mm-hmm. the B-roll, I get a chance to be creative. Totally. So I still get to fulfill that need to create. Right. And I love, yeah. I, I mean, we, we, we probably told, I've told the story many times, but, you know, when we were at Sate, uh, I had no intention of ever doing corporate video. And, and, and that was silly of me because... Uh, it's a great way to pay the bills, and it's uh, and it is an opportunity to be creative way more than than you might think, and and not like you're, you're trying to convince a client to let you do something crazy or, or really cinematic or something, but but there's moments uh, of creativity, like you say, in in every in every shot and every mm-hmm. yeah, and they so. want to be creative too. Like Absolutely. they're making a video, yeah, yeah. they're making a movie, right? Like yeah, yeah. it is a naturally creative medium. Yeah. So yeah. That, I, there's never been a shot that bored me. Right. I can't imagine. I can't right. think of one. And if it did, then you're probably doing it wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and if you, and if you're the creative type, um, and the person is already overwhelmed by the entire production part of it, they're like, I need to make a video. I have no idea how I'm going to hire you. Yeah. And then you give them an idea that makes them look good. Again, they're going to take credit for it. It's true. It's a, no, that's a great <laughs> oh, point. No, it's a wonderful video that we made. Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. made you look as, you know, the best, your best foot forward, you know, the best version of yourself on that film. It's a really good point. And, and it's it's an interesting angle mm. to go to clients with because they're likely, you know, a cog in a much larger machine. And, and mm-hmm. if you can do something really effective, you make them look great and they want to come back and, and do another video with you yeah. after that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's your life now is you're kind of doing indies here. You got your, your, your son or daughter, son, son, and, and obviously being a dad and making movies and doing your own thing and social media. And what's the connection with IATSE? So I've been doing, um, social media for IATSE for the past couple of years, um, behind the scenes, content production, uh, community management, posting on their behalf. And that's kind of where the social media part happened for me. Right. When I realized that I wasn't enough, wasn't making enough money from home, um, doing my corporate video shoots because I'm not a marketer, I'm not like a big time, I'm not a self promoter, I'm not a yeah. salesman. Yeah. I don't know how to sell myself. I know what I'm doing, but yeah. I don't know how to sell myself. We gotta make a great video. It's not. I'm not a sales guy. Yeah. yeah. I know how to make you look good. I kind of don't know how to make myself <laughs> look good. Sure. I'm getting for better sure. at it though. That's what this podcast is all about. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I started talking to people at Iatsi. Right. And 
and they're like, you, you know, here's some ideas for social media. And every time there was a big forum for film when they're still trying to figure before the studio happened and they're talking about like the younger generation come up and, you know, and I've had to shut down my shop and move to Vancouver and, you know, I'm out of the film industry altogether. I don't know what's happening. There was always these forums where some of the industry heads were there mm-hmm. and you could talk to them. Right. right. And every time like, you know what, you guys need to work on your social media mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because at the same time I started hanging out with people at the social media breakfast. Right, yes, yeah. And there, I don't know if we've ever I been think, to the same one, but we, we, we've we been to it as well. Have we been to the, have we seen you there? We, we haven't maybe, gone to many, maybe but at the, we, at the very we beginning? used to go to them earlier on. Yeah, no, I think you wasn't, brought me to one way early on. Wasn't that how we kind of started to connect with you? Was, it might was, be, yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Because we kept on seeing each other's faces in yeah, the same yeah. content. I feel like that's, that's been going on for a long time. Social media. Like, well, 10 years. I remember, yeah, jeez. I, I remember trying to convince my boss at 724 to let me go you know, take some time off in the morning and he was, he was cool with it, but I was like, I have to, I mean, it's part of the reason why we became our own bosses because I, you know, if I want to go to something like that, I want to go to it. I don't want permission. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember, I remember trying to bring social media back to the company. So, so, and you, and so, so what you're saying is you created your own job. You're created your own job with, with IATSE, right? Mm-hmm. You said, Hey, you need social media and I can do it for you. I can help you. Yeah. You know, and, and then I can, I can take what I learned in social media at the social media breakfasts. And apply it to different things. Cool. Apply it to film. Apply yep. it to whatever. Like I've right. got, I work with realtors. You know, right. I, I've, I've, I've worked with some restaurants. Right. I work with people who have small businesses. You know, people who don't have a lot of money want to do more on social media because you have to exist on social media and right. everything's overwhelming and everything changes so quickly. Yeah. So if I can be here, you don't have to be on everything. You know, yeah. here's a couple of things you can totally. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, take you shouldn't good... be on everything probably. For, no, yeah. Yeah. you just need to be where your audience is. Yeah, yeah. You know, before I go full on into like social media mode, yeah. um, <laughs> it's film needs to do that too. Right, right. right. So I position myself as somebody who had their foot in film and had their foot in social media and cool. I kind of bridged them together. And that's how my work with IATSE started. So smart. And also, you also have to have people that believe in it, that buy into it. Right. And there's some companies who will look at social media and they're like, I don't get it. Right. You're wasting your time. Yeah. And there's some people who believe in it, who see the growth in it, who see the potential for, for influence, for an audience to, to, uh, to take part in the conversation that other people aren't taking part in. Mm-hmm. And if they buy into it, you're golden. Right. So one of the best examples that I have is like way, way back in one of the first ones. They're at like social media breakfast in like – 99 now. i know yeah, yeah we're about to hit 100 <laughs> yeah, which is amazing yeah. i even did one years ago around the time of the chilean earthquake so, oh really yeah it's about how people use social media during the earthquake right right right. yeah yeah, you, yeah. So you spoke i did oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, oh, yeah cool. It was, and i remember you I, I went to one and you were running camera for them as well or like yeah recording it yeah, yeah yeah i might be doing that again i don't know <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun to do like it's, yeah it's such a learning experience and you learn something new every day you mm. come out of it and it's networking too right of course right? yeah um so from one of the earlier ones, uh, one of a, a local TV broadcaster, she wanted to go in and talk about social media, and and uh, her bosses didn't believe in it. Right. Her boss, in the middle of a meeting, takes out his phone out of his pocket and does this, puts his phone up in the air and says, nobody's going to get their news from this. Oh, really? <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. So that was the... That is literally the only place I get my news and, and, that's right. and read it, I suppose. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. But, you're Podcasts, watching, but you're watching it on your phone. Yeah. Right? You're yeah, reading it course, on your phone. Of course, yeah, yeah. Right? So yeah. to have to make that kind of a bold statement. <laughs> and I mean, people in positions of power make bold statements like that all the time. There's Especially these... when, they, when they're entrenched in their own industry. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're in a news industry, mm-hmm. that's fucking scary to, yeah, to for sure, for sure. think that a phone, you know, is going to take it over. Yeah. 
So yeah. they don't want to believe it either. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so anyways, they, he didn't buy into it, but she recognized a, a way where she, where she could stand out. So she started doing right. it. And it, 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 it kind of raised her profile in Calgary as, right. as news, you know? Yeah. And she was present in all the social events. So um, as much as it, it is like being on your phone and tweeting and Facebooking and all that stuff, there's a lot of personal interaction that needs to get done as well. Right. Every, every, every time somebody talks about it was a social media campaign, he was a social media candidate. It's mm-hmm. like they still did a lot of like face-to-face. Of course. It was all Absolutely. captured on social media. Absolutely. But there was a lot of, hey, I want to hear what you're saying. Yeah. And that at the end is like, person-to-person interaction which is what really gets growth yeah yeah and i mean it's it's interesting to especially with with political campaigns there i I think i think you want you want and this is the same with content um you want to give the impression that if you want to spend a full day digging into this content you're going to be able to fill that time you don't ever want to feel like you're going to hit a, a bottom, an end to the mm-hmm. content, and of course you can. And and but I, I think that was Netflix's success is is they immediately hit that point where it's like, well, there's too much on here, I can't even, and that's that's not a bad thing. Um, it is a bad thing when you're trying to decide, I suppose. But but you, I think you want with social media, you want it to feel like I could I could immerse myself in this for a long time if, if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, that that's just a, an idea that popped up. No, it, it, I totally derailed. No, it's like you can, you, can, <laughs> you can follow a thread as long as you want. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, how, how many of us have fallen to like a Wikipedia like hole? Yeah. Where like you start reading yeah, about yeah, one yeah. thing and all of a sudden it's like... link it's, to something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right. three in the morning and I'm reading about the Red-Tailed Falcon. You get lost in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So uh, I, know you, I know you brought some notes and I, I think this is uh, a good opportunity for uh, people to get some utility because, you know, there's still people who I don't think understand social media... And and we were just we just had an hour and a half long conversation with some people all just purely about the marketing world for films. So do you have some some tips that the audience can can uh, dig into? Well, I think I want to start from from a very basic and like general social media sure. standpoint. Yeah. I think that you need to be on social media, but you also need to know where your audience is. Right. So if you find that you're you start posting on everything, like you got your Twitter, you got your Facebook, you got your Instagram. Right. Three very different mediums, mm-hmm. text based, very visual on Instagram very text-based on Facebook and Twitter. Right. Um, and just know that where your audience is, what kind of content you need to put out. Sometimes you can spread across all three, but like you have to have a really, really good picture for Instagram. Right. You have to have really, really like eye-catching video. You've only got two seconds to catch the person's uh, attention. Right. Like 80% of it's being watched on mobile now without wow. sound. Wow. You want subtitles. Right. You want the big bang right at the beginning of the video and then you have to kind of like put more stuff into it but like you can't do the big build up like you do in traditional filmmaking right, right, yeah, yeah. and then expect for the big payout because two seconds in people don't care like Moving nothing's on. happened yeah. yet yeah. So you gotta start with the big bam right and then if you're gonna and then you have up, to have another bam and a bam after yeah to keep, keep, several yeah. bams yeah, yeah. because that's what attention dictates and even if you look at the way movies are made now it always starts off with the big bam like yeah. in Guardians of the Galaxy the big explosion fight with the tentacle monster thing, right? Right. So yeah. it's the big fight scene and yeah. then another one and another fight scene. Whereas if you look at like say the old original Superman with Christopher Reeves, yeah. It's a little slow now. <laughs> yeah. Everything feels so. like the pacing is just not it's like right. it's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that that's what the audience was used to at the time. So yeah. the films yeah. were that way, but now it's like fast and furious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Literally. Literally. <laughs> seven of them. <laughs> 
Eight now. Eight. Days of the Furious was the last one. Eight Fast, Eight Furious. And it was not as good as seven. Like five, six, and seven were incredible movies where they embraced. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, with the we rock, a... basically, where the rock was in them. Right, right. When the rock yeah. arrived, yeah. Sorry, Mister Mister the Rock Johnson. Tokyo, Tokyo Drift was the best though. So. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. No. <laughs> I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Well, you, you can just start at four, and, yeah. and just start no, watching. You can't because then you miss Tokyo Drift. That's okay. You can skip Tokyo Drift and one and two. No, four is where they realized that they were an action franchise, not a like like high action shit, not just like car racing. Mm. And that's when all the car enthusiasts stopped watching those movies and when mainstream audiences started. So, yeah. Four is where you can start. Yeah. Utility. Utility information. Right. On the yeah. Okay so, <laughs> okay. so let's go back to more social media stuff. So, so know your platform. Know your platform. Know your audience. Tailor to that audience. Know that you don't have to be on everything. So right. if you find that all of a sudden you're having more interaction and more communication on Twitter, do more Twitter stuff. Right, right. You know, that's maybe what's focus, working for you. Yeah, yeah, your story yeah. or your brand, yeah. Yeah, focus okay. maybe less on Facebook, you know, especially with all the stuff that's happening with Facebook now. Yeah, Like, yeah. Uh, you know, like, Six months from now, they could haul Zuckerberg into the into Congress and find him, and they'd, they'd split up Facebook and they'd shut it down, and nobody would be on it. It's anymore. a good point. It could, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a good point. Don't be like I'm a Facebook marketer. Right. I'm a mm-hmm. Facebook film person because right. uh, remember, everybody at one point was all on MySpace, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now nobody's on MySpace. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you have to stay fluid. You have to know that there's some stuff coming up, that there's things that trend, like kind of Snapchat kind of came out of out of out of nowhere, and how do you and if if your audience is there, put more stuff into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Snapchat's really young though, so like sure, yeah. uh, like high school kids and like early twenties. And what do you think of Snapchat? Is Snapchat gonna stick around? I know Gary's Gary's doubling down. We talk about Gary V a lot. Yeah, uh, he like I, I see it in in a way where they have some innovative stuff, but then Facebook through Instagram kind of copies it and makes it better, and Instagram has a bigger audience. Yeah. Which is which has been Facebook's uh, move. Every, same with Twitter, right? Yeah. Twitter was having success with news because Facebook right, wasn't news doing feed, news, yeah. and, then, yeah. and now and so so that seems to be what Facebook does is they just steal whatever's working and, and try to do it better. Mm-hmm. Oh, they've got the install base, right? The, oh, the adoption yeah. is just so yeah. much higher. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, but they have stories on on Facebook and on Instagram. Right. Yeah. But stories, Facebook has Facebook, like Facebook Instagram. has those Snapchat, you know, AR filters, filters where you can yeah. put a yeah. funny yeah. face on and. I don't know if I don't know if it's sticking around. I'm usually not a naysayer. I'm like Snapchat's a great platform, but I I don't know. I think because of the erosion that Facebook has and Instagram have caused, I don't know. If, what do you think? Is Snapchat sticking around for now? Yeah, I don't know what how long term this thing goes. Yeah, I think just because of the the, the 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 demographics, like I think that it's still really young. It's still very much peer-to-peer mm-hmm. groups. Mm-hmm. Right, like, yeah, group it's tougher to reach a broader audience. Yeah. Like, how do you put content on that that makes people, like, as as a, as a, as a like an indie mm-hmm. content producer, right. stuff that people are going to want to reshare? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Because, I mean, if you're the New York Times, you can get on there and people will share your stories. If right. you're BuzzFeed, same thing. Sure. But if I'm me, where's my, how do I tap into my audience? Yeah. It's yeah. mostly just for, like, young people and chatting and groups and back and forth and mm. short bursts of video. Right. You know, you're, you're tailoring your stories, but the audience for it isn't like huge. Yeah. I, I, I don't focus on much on Snapchat as some of the other things because I see the potential for content curation, for community management from a social media perspective. I see where you can get growth there. Right. If you dedicate less on Snapchat and you want to reach like that 25 to 35 audience, yeah. it's, it's, it's on Instagram. 
the brands are on Instagram. Yeah. You can find your influencers on Instagram. So that's kind of what I, what I, whenever I talk to a client, do I need to be on everything? No. Right. Focus on these three measure. Right. You know, I've seen to be getting a lot more audience on this. Right. Um, yeah. And, and then from, sorry, I was going to ask about Vero. What do you think of Vero? Have you, have, have you... I've, I've secured my username because I think it's important from, yeah, yeah. from a branding perspective to secure your username. Sure. Um, but for every, this is going to be, you know, the anti-Facebook because it doesn't have a chronological timeline and it's not advertised and all this stuff. You hear articles about where it's, um, who's funding it Yeah. and some of the controversial things they've done in the past. Oh, okay. And let's be really like the big thing on privacy and your own information nowadays, right? So if you go and give all this information that should be private to a firm, and then the firm turns out to be have, you know, um, maybe questionable origins or questionable backing or friends with Cambridge Analytica. Exactly. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, your information is already out there, right? You know, and you have no control of it. To be honest, my my surprise at this at this whole Facebook thing was was that people are shocked that it's that's, happened. That's exactly my same position. My yeah. assumption was. Yeah, my data is already out yeah, there. Like, I just you... don't give Facebook anything I don't want it to have. Mm-hmm. I think the reality is this is the first time that it's actually f- people have felt like it's been exported. Right, 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 right. So they're like, wait a minute, I'm <laughs> giving all my data. It's like, yeah, yeah like we, like, you've been warned about this yeah, forever. I mean, <laughs> I mean the, the NSA thing it was, was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. The one thing I like to say about Facebook, every time I get one of those, you know, uh, Facebook's going to start charging people for, you know, for this. So you have to share this post and your oh, yeah, profile yeah. will oh, go yeah. gold. And yeah. I haven't seen those around for a while, but yeah. I'm sure they're coming out again. Yeah. Uh, we have to realize that we are, uh, but that uh, we are the product oh, yeah. on all social yeah. media that we don't pay for. Yeah, yeah. Like they're never going to charge the cow yeah. to make a steak. Right. Right. The cow is just going to turn into the steak. Right. We are the product. We are the meat that goes into the sausage. Yeah. They want every, they want everyone on Facebook. They want mm-hmm. every single individual they want because then they, they have all the data that, that you could ever possibly measure. Right? Yeah. So if they're using that for revenue, they're not going to charge us. Now, if Vero wants to do a subscription-based service. Oh, do they? I heard something about okay. that. Great. But let's... That might be a good thing, yeah, yeah, when it comes to data protection, right? If we're paying for a, for a social media service, then then we're the customer, not the product anymore. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. changes the paradigm. And let's figure out where these guys are coming from and if it's yeah. something. And then there was one a while ago that, that popped up. It was, it was also going to be the anti-Facebook. Yeah. No advertising, no backing, no revenue yeah, stream either. And it's just kind of cue something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It faded away. Yeah. Well, no shit. No revenue stream. Yeah. No advertising. Yeah. No, yeah. no charge to use. Like... How do you, do you yeah. run a server? Well, how do you grow? Twitter you, is having that problem, right? Like, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, but they're the goal is always either to charge for use or to advertise. Right. Yeah. There's no other revenue model. That, except mm-hmm. for except for um, like branded content in like right. like like Vine could have done that and was doing it to some degree where they've got their star Viners. Let's let's do great content, but let's have it be you know promoted by whatever it is. Sour Patch Kids was was one of the delicious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, so what else? What else is on your list? What, what should people know? I think from, from from let's talk about like a film perspective now. So if sure. I'm a young filmmaker, if I have my own small production company, what do you do? Right. Again, figure out what your audience is. Have your 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 production company. Have your website. Yeah. And then off your website, you have all your social media channels so that whenever you're posting any kind of project, 
you're doing behind the scenes stuff, you're doing little short videos, you're doing teasers to your bigger projects, all that stuff is on your website, on your social media channels. And what I like to do for social media clients is I draw like an octopus kind of thing. Right. Or like a, so the main one is your, your website. Right. And your website goes to your Twitter page. It goes to your Facebook page. It goes to your Instagram page. Right. It goes to your LinkedIn, whatever. Um, in this, in that same vein, the links that are on your Facebook, your Twitter, and your Instagram all go back down to your page. Right. So it creates that, the Google links, it creates right. that SEO, it creates the, well, if I found you on Facebook and I want to follow you, I can hit you up on, on this as well. Right. right. So, and it, that is a space that you control. So when Facebook crashes and burns, you've still got your website that is also connected to Twitter and Instagram or whatever. Exactly. Instagram, but... And, and I mean, as a, as a, as a small filmmaker, like is worth it investing all that time on like a single use website for say your short film probably not no no um you could do maybe like a microsite right actually the the canadian media fund the cmp did a bunch of case studies on research for different films okay uh horror films based out of quebec and they talked about like through social media, figuring out where your demographics are. And it turns out like women 35 to 45 were really into this one particular type movie. Okay. And they had a mini site for it that led people into newsletters and you're amassing emails and you're right. able to send those stuff when your trailer comes out, when it's going to gets picked up for distribution, gets picked up for, uh, for home video sales. Right. So they were able to take that audience all the way through. So, but depends on that depends on the size of your production company. Right. But if you're just small, I would really just focus on becoming your own brand. Not unlike, say Kevin. I mean, Kevin Smith is very big on social media, but his brand is him. Yeah. People go to watch his movies because it's him, not because they like, you know, like Catholic movies with poop monsters in them. <laughs> you know? Dogma reference. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I had a chance to watch it a while back. You know, it's like, ha- has it aged well? There's something like, you know, and I'm Catholic too. So it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, th- th- does my cup need to be refilled? Right, right. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, we, we, we flocked to Kevin Smith because of Kevin Smith, the persona. Right. So they, like, for example, I think what you guys are doing is great because we're getting the chance to see your personas out there. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, I've seen you uh, do your, 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 your talks at the, the Calgary Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk to students, you yeah. do this, you're putting your own stuff out there. Sure. And I think for a small, like for, for an indie production company, you need to do more of that. Right. Get your faces out there. You know, it's like, I like who they are. I've seen them at events. I like the content they're putting out. You know, yeah. they're, they're short videos. They're behind the scenes stuff, what they have to say. And I want to see more and right. I'll support that. Like that you build your audience like one person at a time. Right. That's what I would recommend for, for like cool. people starting out. That's great. Awesome. Uh, the, uh, the IATSE Instagram, that, at least that's where I've seen it. Maybe it's on some other platforms as well, but, uh, IATSE seems to have started to do some video like visiting sets. Is that you behind the camera on, the, on those? Yeah. Cool. Cool. So there's a Circle of Steel video. Um, yeah, and I saw. great example from Circle of Steel. I mean, first of all, um, they, uh, part of the independent agreement that IATSE has with short films, they yep. were able to negotiate some of the, uh, the, the language in, in the contracts to give you know, IATSE or like union-type work conditions for the crew. Right. You're not overworking them. You know? yep. The pay is, is something that's, that gets discussed in between, but the conditions, like you're going to run this like a union set, so people are going to work under union hours and expect that and work credits towards your permittee status and all right, that. Right. So that's what put IATSE in touch with Circle of Steel. Gotcha. 
and what I liked about Circle of Steel, uh, first of all, the the production team was really positive. They created a really great positive work environment. People were happy. It was like day twenty, and people were still happy. And yeah. I've been on on, on sets where like day ten, you're like, Fuck you yeah, know, yeah. I want you to die. Let me get out of here. Yeah. And I look at the director like, oh, <laughs> you're dead to me. And I mean, like I've heard productions that get T-shirts made. Yeah, yeah. Not even like of the of the of the film against the production. Oh, against the. Pro- oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh shit, that's no good. Yeah, so you know they've turned on you. It's like yeah, a mutiny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but there was a really positive work environment. Right, that's great. And they promoted a lot of their stuff through social media. Yeah. So any kind of behind the scenes pictures were tagged with everybody's Instagram. Right. So Smart. when I had to help promote this kind of stuff, it was like, okay, well, I want to reach out to everybody in the production. Oh, look, there's a list. Right. So if you got, if your grip, if your camera op, if your caterer is on Instagram, yeah, get all those tags. Do totally. you put up a picture on set? They're on the work on the production. Put them in the tags for sure. You know, that's that's the best way to do it. That's super smart. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there are filmmakers who tag us on on posts uh, and and like the the podcast, mm-hmm. and we always retweet it if 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 you've been if you've tagged us, yeah, because it's easy to just say, yeah. Now we're sharing. Now we're in- increasing the volume of that of that post. So it's a really good idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, and it's being part of the community, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. A community that needs to grow. A community that's not well versed in social media as much as it could be totally. compared to. Yeah. I always think that. What they're doing in the states, they're years ahead of what we're doing. Hmm. And like, they were doing promotions for food trucks like ten years ago. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's and true. like, and when they showed up here, it's like, oh my god, we got food trucks now. Yeah, it's yeah. like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's 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 the Calgary way, man. We get yeah. we get we're, everything we're a, ten years later. We're yeah. a little behind, and yeah, yeah. we're now we're a little behind on social media. Still, it's yeah. growing, and sure. and again, the film industry, which is reluctant to change. Mm-hmm. Uh, isn't as well versed in social media, so it's like the younger people, the, right. the you know the people who are coming out of state, um, are the ones that are kind of embracing this thing and yeah. like help them out, help that community grow. Right? Yeah, yeah. Cool, man. Anything else you want to chat about? What's well, the? Yeah, I mean, what's next for you? What's what's yeah. coming up? Well, I'm going to continue doing this kind of stuff. I'm doing. Um, I'll always be doing my social media content production and community management. Always looking for uh, the next challenge for that, the right. next client, you know, right. the next big project to do with that. Sure. At the same time, I'm using some of the stuff that I've learned uh, in film production to go work with some kids in schools. Cool. I have a friend who's a teacher in the Spanish immersion school. Oh, sweet. Oh, cool. So one thing I haven't mentioned this entire time is I can do this whole thing in Spanish. Ah, yes. Right? <laughs> you know, so, um, so I get a chance to work with some kids who are in Spanish immersion school who are fluent in Spanish, and we get to do this entire like mini documentary course in Spanish. Gotcha, gotcha. Which is awesome. That's great. You know, and different perspectives. And um, like I want to – there's two things I want to I leave. First of all, like sure. um, when I was in school, I always wanted to – I never had anybody walk into my school and tell me how to get into film. Right. Right. I started getting into film because I played with my dad's camera when I was like nine, 10 years old. Right. Uh, well, and editing on his two VCRs, like Robert Rodriguez did. I'm like, yeah, yeah. If he's doing it, I can do it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but I never had anybody come into my school and to teach me or to show me where the next step is. Right. It felt like filmmaking was this thing that existed outside of my universe. Right. Whereas in Calgary now, there is a path to work in that stuff. So when I go to these schools and I talk to like high school kids who are about to go to university, hey, where can I go? I'm like, well, you can start off at SAIT. Right. I'll tell you where I went. I went to Toronto. Right. You can go to Vancouver. Yeah. You can you can, you can study here at SAIT. Sure. And I keep talking about SAIT. And I'm, there's there's other avenues here in Calgary as well. Sure. And, and all over the world. Yeah. 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 But 
because I worked on Calgary sets, I saw the people that came out of state. Right. And I have nothing but good things to say about them. Cool. They're professional. They're well-trained. And, and they, they've always added to the professionalism on set. So it's like state is an avenue in which you can do that. Right. You have to snake in and out of the big shows and little shows and, you know, pay your dues and, you know, get to that charge. But eventually you can build your way up. Right. State is a way to do it. And the other thing is from from a filmmaker's perspective is that, uh, like I said, I'm, 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 I'm from Chile. I came here when I was nine years old. Wow. You know, and I still speak Spanish with my family. And I think it's important that no matter where you're from, that you have a responsibility to tell that story. Right. Um, all of our stories are unique. My story, how I got here, and the stories that I've heard, you guys have never heard. Of course, yeah. I can talk about a mythology. I can talk about a history. I can right. talk about all this, these different things that to you were new. Right, yeah. Yep. So I think as a filmmaker, I have a responsibility to tell that story. And you have the unique perspective on it as, as an individual in that, yeah. Mm-hmm. The immigrant story, the, 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 the Latino story, the, um, you know, any one of those things that, that, that you never know how you're going to um, connect with somebody in the audience. Right. Like right. I connected big time with Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. I'm not Greek. Right. right. But, there's but it's things, a universal story in many ways. Yeah. There's things that, that anybody can identify with, yeah. with family, with maybe a parent that's a little overbearing, you right. know, <laughs> with, with the pressures of, 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 of having to get married and all these things. Like, wow, no, it really struck me. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, yeah. it hit home. Like, no, we have, like, the Greeks and the Latinos are not that different. Right. You know? And then, like, three weeks later, I went to a wedding. A friend of mine who was chilling married a Greek guy. There you go. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, no, we're having lamb at midnight. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, is that Uzo? Let's do it. Nice, nice. So I was ready for that. And it was just such a, like, you know, the more we learn about other cultures, the, the more we're, we're, we're going to be more open to it. Totally. Yeah. And the more, um, the, the, the closer the world becomes, yeah. the, the less Well, the more is. you recognize you're the same. Yeah. Right, yeah. There's so many things in this world right now telling us how we're different and how we're, yeah. you know, we're, we're in different segments and you belong on this side and you belong on this side. Yeah, yeah. And we're not that far apart. Totally. There's a lot of grays. For sure. And we, we need to, and, and, and as a storyteller, we need to find those grays and, 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 and tell those stories. Um, and also, if, if, if we have that microphone, if we have that camera and somebody can't get their story out there, I think it's also important to put that mic in that person's face and say, I want to hear your story. I want to, I want to um, amplify your voice and your right. story. Yeah. So if you're speaking on behalf, like say at the Women's March, you stick that camera in their face and get their story and get right. that story right. out there. Even if it's just a, a cell phone, like a live video, yeah. you know, anything that you can help to propagate that voice, you know, the voice of, 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 uh, of First Nations, which also doesn't have a big... Right. Audience here, right, and, and, right. and it's always like oh, I don't want to hear about this. It's right. Like, no, um, it's it's important to hear that story, you know. And, totally, yeah. And I feel that we should amplify it. It's we uh, learning how to use a microphone, learning how to use a camera is a responsibility. For sure, for sure. And I tell the kids that That's when the great, kids yeah. get all like, well, I don't know what to talk about. So it's like, well, find what your story is. Hey, that teacher over there, they come from a different place. They went, they came from a Central American country where there was political turmoil, and he's very mild mannered now, but he had to escape like. You know, of right. an oppressive government. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me that's not a story that's, that's relevant now. Totally yeah. incredible story. Yeah. So, you being like, like a grade eight, grade nine kid, stick that camera in his face, get that story. Yeah, totally. That's yeah. That's that you're, you, and I think those kids are going to live in a world where that is just ubiquitous, right? Every everyone is going to be, and, and it's already happening with mm-hmm. social media and with live video, and uh, everyone is telling a story and has a microphone and a camera and an editing suite in their pocket. And so, yeah, 
Well, I think that's a great message to end on. Thanks, man. Yeah, that was great. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. So that was my chat with Matt Motorworth and Scott Westby, uh, the fine folks at the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. And uh, I just want to give you a couple links for you to follow them. You can find them on iTunes. Search for Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. You can find them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud as AB Film Cast. All one word. And yeah, follow them. Subscribe to that podcast. Check them out. You can follow me at HangerCat on Twitter, Instagram. You can follow me at HangerCat Media on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and on Facebook. And you can check out HangerCatMedia.com for my website and blog. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.